When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gassing Out Loud, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol Rovers reporter Jack Vittles. Welcome along to Gassing Out Loud with myself, Michelle Owen and Jack Vittles. The final one of the season and the final podcast with us both, Jack. You're off to Pastures New and the podcast will be done differently next season. So we are going to review the season overall, review how Bristol Rovers have fared. Mid-table finish, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's all right, isn't it? It's okay. It's a progression of a sort, I suppose. Lower league finish than last season, lower amount of points. So on paper, maybe you know a disappointing season, maybe a step backwards. But look at it in the bigger picture. I think it's still a successful season. It's a slow, steady progression. They're doing well. They fought off the second season syndrome in League One particularly. And it's the first time they've had back-to-back finishes in this league without going down for mm-hmm. about a decade, I think. So they're in the best position they've been for at least 10 years. And they're also in a really good position when you consider they were out of the league three years ago, four years ago. So, not an overly exciting season. I think overall, when you look at it... It never really never, lit up, did it? You know, no, it never got going. It was so inconsistent. They had that terrible run in October, November time. And I think at the end of November, they were one point above the bottom four. So, to move back up into the you know, mid-table and also to briefly flirt with the top six for a mm. couple of games around February, March time, that's a success. Mm. And when you consider the fact they've sold their best player in January and had to, to reshape the squad quite a lot last summer and again in January um, with a whole new bunch of players. They've still got that core there, but I think it's a moderately successful season. But I know it's easy to say, I think it would be much easier to see how successful this season has been when you look at it compared to next season. If they progress next season, this suddenly looks like a really good stepping stone. Yeah. If they finish 15th next season, then it looks like they've plateaued. Well, Daryl Clark has said he would consider it successful, hasn't he? Yeah. And, you know, he alluded to what you did, sold best player two seasons running, you know, Matty Taylor yeah. last year, and obviously Billy Bowden in January this year. Uh, so they've been competitive. And yeah, absolutely. It's about and pushing on. Yeah, and you look at the clubs they came up with um, from League Two a couple of years ago, so Oxford were down there battling to stay up, Northampton have gone down. So of the sides that came up, they're doing well. They're, they're punching above their weight in terms of when they came up and also in terms of their finances. Mm. Um, we know they're hamstrung on how much money they can spend because they can't get the revenue up because of the state of the stadium. So there's nothing they can do about that in the short term. If you're you know, a player, if you're Daryl Clark, you've just got to get the best you can out of the players for the money that's available. So I think given the finances they've got and the money they've had to spend, they spent it relatively wisely. They've got the best out of the players they've got at their disposal. And I think finishing mid-table is... Uh, not going to you know, excite many people, but it's it's not a terrible finish and it's it's something to build on, hopefully. What do you think Darren Clark overall then of the job he's done this season? Do you think he's going to be a one-to-man summer at all or do you think it's quite uh, safe? I know he's on a long-term contract at Bristol. Yeah, Rose. he's on a long-term contract, but they're not worth anything, they don't mean anything. <laughs> um, that's what Daryl says as well. So I don't think that will necessarily matter too much. Um, I don't know if we'll get any concrete offers for him. He'll definitely be a wanted man. I'd have thought there'll be clubs looking at him. He's had four pretty successive so pretty successful seasons um, two successive good finishes in League One two promotions um, he's young he's English he's you know, got bright ideas I think he'll be in demand in League One maybe bottom end of the championship 
as the Ipswich job going, mm. strong links there with Marcus Stewart as well as assistant manager, Ipswich legend. Mm-hmm. Perhaps he could go there. Obviously, the Sunderland job as well has come up. He's turned down Leeds in the past. Sunderland, a similar sort of big club that's fallen on hard times. So I'm not sure, but everything that Daryl Clark says, he completely sounds like he's going to, you know, in it for the long term. He talks about long term goals and staying at the club and summer recruitment and pushing ahead for next season. Um, but there's always a chance somebody will come in for him. Mm. And if we look at the squad as a whole, which who's like a standout player? Who has been the best player? I know Liam Sirkham was voted yeah. as, as the best player and he's come up with some cracking goals yeah. and obviously been busy around that midfield. But for you, is, is that the right choice or is yeah, it someone else? Yeah, no, it is. It's definitely the right choice. Sirkham's the standout player. We've done a, an end-of-season survey online, just launched it a couple of days ago and we've already had hundreds of people reply. And I think something like 65 to 70% have said Sirkham's their player of the year. Um, but the rest mostly going for Harrison and a few others um, I think Serpent's been the standout player he looks to cut above always uh, looks to go forward when he gets the ball it seems a really simple thing to say but whenever he gathers the ball in midfield he's always looking to go forward so he has a lot of impetus in midfield he's quickly become indispensable really when he doesn't play Rovers look a much much worse side so he's been the player of the season for me um, but I think yeah, as Harrison has improved drastically I think Tom Lockyer actually, you know, I was unsure about him and his form before Christmas, but since then he's come he's back. Sort of turned it around, spectacularly, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, you know, in a one-on-one situation, he's almost the best defender in League One. Wow. In, in, in a, if the man's through on goal and it's just him left there, one-on-one tackling, he's superb. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot to learn still. He's still young. Um, I'm not saying he's the best defender in League One, but in a one-on-one situation, he is, and he's improved hugely. And you can see why Daryl Clark wants to keep that core. They've got a nice. Spine and yeah, they've got a good spine. They've got yeah. two good goalkeepers. You've got Tom Lockyer and Tony Craig at the back. You've got Sirkham in midfield and the likes of Bennett and Harrison up front. They've got a good call. Mm. It's just adding that quality and they haven't quite got that right did, in the last year. Yeah, did they ever add that quality winger that we talked about for so long? No, I don't, you know, I think Bennett's come in and done well, but obviously they've lost Bowden, so that's a like for like replacement perhaps. They brought in Mensa, but he's obviously not ready yet. Um, they need another attacking option, that's for sure. You know, Nichols hasn't worked out at all. They spent a lot of money on him. Why do you think Nichols hasn't worked out? Because I've seen him play for various clubs, including Exeter City, and, yeah. and he was really good there. He got poached his goals, he was buzzing around, he was busy. He just It's all been a bit negative, hasn't it, at Rovers for him? Yeah, I think he obviously got off to a, a poor start, and his confidence is just absolutely gone. You can see it on Saturday when he gets one-on-ones or gets a chance to bring the ball down and play a pass. It's just confidence. He's so lacking in confidence that he can barely play a simple pass at mm. times. It's not because he's a fundamentally poor player he's mm. not he's a good player mm. just in terrible terrible form with no confidence mm. and you look at the way he plays and every time he mistimes a, a, you know, a pass or misses a shot he's there and he punches the air and he gets frustrated and you can understand why he's obviously desperate to do well yeah absolutely and you know if you're a striker and you've only scored one league goal all season and he's played I don't know at least 30 games mm. now on and off the bench oh, it's just such a bad statistic and you look at that and you get hung up on it don't you as a striker yeah absolutely so It'll be interesting to see to see who Rovers bring in up front next season. Obviously, a lot of the fans are hoping that Dom Telford will sign on a permanent deal. So we'll wait and see what happens there. He sort of told me on Saturday that he couldn't say too much, which you know to me sounds quite positive in a way for fans. Maybe there is something to be struck, but we'll wait and see. So is there anyone that sort of surprised you and you weren't expecting them to sort of come through and, and be as good as they've been? Someone, um, or maybe yeah. is there an unsung hero in yeah, the squad? Good question. I don't know in terms of surprising. I think... I think Harrison and Lockyer have, have outperformed expectations given the start of the season. Mm-hmm. I think if you're looking at people who have maybe broken through, somebody like Joe Partington maybe, mm-hmm. um, 
obviously not a young player, but somebody that wasn't playing regularly last season when he joined in January. Um, started the season at right back and played a little bit at centre back, played defensive midfield. Um, but he's just a very solid player. He's got a bit of quality. He always crosses the ball first time on the wing. It's just such a small thing to do, but as a fullback, it's so important to get the ball in there so quickly. He's a high quality player, um, and I think he's potentially you know captain for the club in the future. He really? handles himself really well off the pitch. Mm. Um, interacts brilliantly with the fans. He was there on Saturday, even though he's out injured. Chatting to all the kids in the front row, you know, on the terraces and taking pictures. And... It's fans' favourite for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'd like to see him do just as well next season, and we'll wait and see. But some of the young kids that have come through as well have been pretty exciting, and they're all signing new deals. Well, yeah, there's so... been a few that have signed in the yeah, last Yeah, so that's positive. That is positive that they're getting these kids signed up on deals. They're on sort of peanuts and development squad, as Daryl keeps saying. So, to get them signed up on a pro deal, get them attached for another year. Um, they've given seven debuts this season to development players, which is pretty good going. Um, and I think a couple of them will play more regularly next season. You look at the likes of Luke Russ in midfield. Michael Kelly at left-back might get more of a go now with Lee Brown going. So it looks positive. Do you think there's a general perception of Bristol Rovers? Because when I speak to people, they think that Bristol Rovers don't have much money. Now, I know that sounds like a sweeping generalisation, but I was chatting to my friend about it. And uh, he was saying, well, you know, for, for a club that size, they're not doing badly. I said, hold on a minute, like, they've got a really rich owner. Yeah. And there seems to be this general conception about people that don't know about the ownership, that there isn't much money there. And do you think it's because maybe they've got a reputation for not paying as big a wages as other League One clubs? Yeah, maybe. I think, I think Rovers aren't a rich club in terms of the money they make. Um, you know, you look at the, the state of the stadium, you look at the fact they haven't got their own training ground. And this is why people say it. Yeah, absolutely. But the only, we, we had such a big debate, didn't we, in sort of after Christmas time, and I kept asking you, saying, like, well, why is he not putting more money into it? Why support the club sort of thing? Yeah. So no, I, I, think, I think it's a fair question to ask why they put more money in. Absolutely. They would say they have put millions in, in sort of writing off assets and debts and things, yeah, which is yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, but obviously you don't see instant reward for that. You don't see a new signing or a new stand. But I think Rovers fundamentally aren't a particularly rich club in League One when you look at the size of some of the clubs coming down mm-hmm. with their budgets and the amount of wages. Next, yeah, next exactly. season Good. in League One. Jack, yeah. Jack Rodgers on £70,000 a week. That could... No, hold on. I bet you some Rovers players aren't even on that a year, are yeah, they? Well, exactly. That, could, close that could pay their wage bill for a week of Rovers with the whole first team squad, probably. So... That's the different levels of, of finance you're talking in League One now. There's such Accrington financial disparity, yeah. I mean, Accrington, who pretty much have the lowest budget in league football, yeah. are going to be playing Sunderland. And But you've got Bristol Rovers... So, I wouldn't even say they're somewhere in between, because Sunderland's sort yeah, of budget is so high. But uh, do you think more needs to be done, I guess is what I'm trying to say, from the owners to sort of, I guess... Well, give... Give the club a facelift in terms yeah, of I think that's, the that's, that's and the thing. I think you the can, players they sign. Yeah, I think it's unfair to say, well, why don't you just give us some more money? Because, you know, they, they should be throwing money away. But I think it is fair to say, okay, you're going to redevelop the stand and the stadium. That's great. Let's press on with that. Let's spend some money. Let's make it a good facility mm. with hospitality, Training with corporate boxes, with other rooms that can be hired out on other days to create the revenue streams. Then all of a sudden you're making money on non-match days and your revenue goes up and yeah. your wage bill goes up and then all of a sudden you can attract better players you can offer better wages and then you can play better on the pitch it all goes hand in hand it's just very difficult so it, the key is getting that redevelopment off the ground and you know they announced they'd be redeveloping the stadium in last August now when the UE deal fell through so what are we now nine months down the line and there's still been no further update not even a, a sort of sketchy plan has come out or no discussions and I understand they don't want to say anything until there's concrete good news, but fans get frustrated. Fans always feel the worst. I think they need to come out and say exactly what the state of play is, 
what the rough timeline is, um, explain them, you know, what's going on, and yeah. fans will be happier for knowing that, even if it's not necessarily yeah, immediate good news. Yeah, they just, just want to know, just some communication, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, there's so many good things that the club does. Have you seen the video of the little girl collecting the programmes? Someone yes. Someone tweeted yeah, this, this to me. The season ticket video. And, uh, yeah, it's the one for the season tickets, and she gets, I won't ruin it if you haven't seen it, but she basically collects programmes for the season, and you see why at the end. But that short, sort of shows what club they want to be perceived as, you know, as a community club as well. And I do think they achieve that. They, they are a brilliant community club, and they do really good, important, work in the community around the ground and around Bristol um, and they've won you know, Charity of the Year the Community Trust has won they've got a lot of awards from the EFL they've got a lot of accreditation for their work in the community and that's that's good positive work and they are by far and away one of the best clubs in the country really mm. are doing that mm. it's just translating that sort of work into the first team and, mm-hmm. and making money mm-hmm. which is, is the end game really because then it improves fortunes on the pitch keeps the fans happy it's one big circle isn't it at the end of the day so. yeah absolutely there are lots of good things they're doing and they're, you know, they're spending money on the development squad a lot of money they're buying new players in the development squad or, sorry offering new contracts they're bringing in you know they've just hired a head of recruitment this week they've brought in more, seat, more staff behind the scenes there's a new CEO coming in the summer the club is increasingly more professional. That's what I mean by facelift as well, sort of changing the image and changing perhaps how it's perceived by some people, especially when you've got a club, and I know people probably won't like it mentioned, but you've got Bristol City, the other side of town, who have so much money from Steve Lansdowne, and okay, their investment is very different, and they sort of have brought a load of sports together, and it's a very, very different model. But you never want to get left behind, do you? No, I think that's that's the problem. As much as Rovers fans will moan about it, they do compare themselves to City in some respects. And you look over the river and they've got a nice brand new, you know, not a new stadium, but a redeveloped stadium. Mm-hmm. They're playing, you know, at the highest level. They've played for a long time in terms of knocking around the top of the championship. Mm-hmm. They've, so yeah, they're making money, they're buying players for big money. Lansdowne's putting cash into the club. And I know you can't compare it directly because they're completely different situations, but, you know all the Rovers fans probably work with a load of City fans and it, yeah. does, it does great eventually and I think they'll want to you know there's a small minority that are sort of oh we want to keep the memo it is traditional etc but most of them understand that things need to modernise things need to change and I think in the what are we now over two years now since Wild and the Alcardis took over the club they are progressing they are evolving they are becoming more professional but that doesn't mean they're anywhere near it yet yeah still lots of work to be done and Looking back at the season again, is there like a standout moment? What was like the magical moment for you this season? Would it be the Fulham game? Yeah, in, I, in the cup. I think so. For one, for sort of one ninety-minute game, um, that was pretty fun. Taking on a, a good Fulham side with Sessegnon and Kearney in it and beating them. Um, but it's difficult, like you said. The season never really got going. There was never that sort of run of games where they won four or five in a row and got up to sixth or seventh, and it felt like it was on. It's all been a bit. Win one, lose one, draw one. Win one, lose one, draw one. And you... But I would say they got better when Billy Bowden left. Yeah, they did really, <laughs> absolutely. They had that good run after Christmas. And when Bowden left in January, you know, he feared the worst and thought maybe they'll get stuck into a relegation fight. But no, they got better defensively, much more solid. Kyle Bennett's replaced some of his goals and assists. Other players stepped up as well. Harrison went on a, a good scoring run. I think he scored five and eight at one point. And they didn't really miss him. I don't think... You know, maybe they maybe they have in the last six games. They've drawn a lot of games recently mm. where they've actually played quite well, and they've lacked that cutting edge. Wigan one was a perfect example, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And you think, well, if they had a Bowden in their side, he'd probably create another one or two and probably score one of those chances. Yeah. And it, it does make a difference. But you know, they got some cash for Bowden before we went on a free, and they you know got him off the wage bill, etc. So it's hard to stand in his way. But they did improve. They did improve, and there's a lot of positives 
particularly from the second half of the season, yeah. And looking ahead to summer, I know obviously you're off to pastures new, but for Bristol Rovers, what should they be looking for over summer in terms of recruitment? I think attackers are key. I think up front, I think they need another striker. They need a sort of a 15 um, to 20 goal a season. Though, yeah, absolutely. And I think you know a lot of people mentioned Christian Doidge at Forest Green, scored a lot of goals. He's a good player, you know. I've, yeah. I've met him and he's a good bloke as well. And he, he just loves football. He's from, I think he might be from Newport. He's just from over Yeah, over but he, he was at Rovers as a kid. So um, he came. He came from Rovers, though. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if he was there at the start. He was there for a season or two when he was sort of a teenager. Then he was let go. Mm. So I don't. I don't know whether he'd come back. But I think, you know, you look at somebody like that who can score all those goals in the conference, then score all those goals in League Two in a struggling side. He's a goal scorer. Um, he's not the prettiest footballer. No, but, but he, he scores goals. Scores goals. He's physical. He's a big lad, and it's a realistic target. I was about to say it's, that it's is way, realistic. His wages it? aren't going to be ridiculous. Yeah. He hasn't got to relocate. You know, yeah. simple things like that make a difference. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I think we need to look at a striker, somebody like him or, you know, Jake Stockley from Exeter maybe, somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a very good player as well. Yeah, exactly. He can play out wide as well, which is, is useful, um, the way Rovers play up front. I think overall they're okay. You know, maybe a new left-back with Brown going. Mm. I think they can maybe do another central midfielder. So there's three or four areas they need to target and they three or four quality signings will hopefully... Take to the next level. Just out of interest with Lee Brown, we know he's leaving for personal reasons. Do we know anything more about that without being no, nosy or prying? No, no, Is he leaving don't. football completely? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. So he's he is leaving Rovers for personal reasons and he needs to be near his London home, is, is what we've been told. Um, and it looks like he'll probably end up playing for a club nearer London. Who that is, I've no idea whether it'll be League Two, League One, whatever. Um, so as far as I know, that's that's all I know. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. If it is in League One, I'm sure he'll get a great reception when he comes back. Yeah, fans are um, to see him go for sure. Yeah, yeah, he got a great reception on Saturday. So we wait to see where he, he turns up. Who is the one player that Bristol Rovers cannot afford to have leave this summer? Is it Liam Sirkham? Um Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably. He's Could very... there be any interest in him? I'd have thought so. Because he consistently, so. wherever he goes, I would have thought he does so. well. Yeah, absolutely. Score goals. You know, score goals at Exeter, score goals at Oxford. You know, took them to a couple of finals and they, you know, they did well. Um, I think he could play championship level. He's, I think he's 27 now. So It would be the time now, wouldn't maybe it? Maybe he he's, he's going to do it. If he said, to, absolutely no suggestion from us that this is happening. But if he said to his agent, yeah, I want to go and play championship level, this would be the sort of time he'd be looking yeah, to go. But he's got a while after his contract. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know how long it is, they never tell us, but I assume when they signed him it wasn't the one-year deal. So yeah. he's got he's, he's got view. time on his contract. Um, and he's always come across as very, very happy to be at Rovers whenever I've spoken to him. Mm-hmm. But you never know, do you? But if, if I was a scout and I looked at Rovers, I'd be looking at Lockyer, Sirkham and Harrison as the three that I'd be thinking about mm-hmm. poaching. So if they can retain all three of them and add a few, I think it's a successful summer. And then, you know, who knows next season? It'll be... Hard to predict again, I'm sure. Well, you have been poached. You are leaving. Uh, so if people sort of want to stay in touch with you, uh, tweet you their thoughts on what's going on down at Bristol Rovers, your, your Twitter and things, yeah, so yeah, still open for I, yeah, conversation. I, I will still be on Twitter um, with the same username, I assume, and instead of flogging all my stories, I will just, I'm happy to chat. just be a person. On there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I may, um, I may pop down and watch a couple of games next season and go on the terraces and... I can actually have a beer and leave by you know leave by five o'clock as opposed to seven o'clock. And get so. stuck on the traffic like a normal person. That is a good point. Somebody men complained to me the other day about the traffic after a Rovers game. I said when I leave at seven, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the last one out of the car park. Just for you then, sort of covering Rovers for what's it been? Nearly eighteen months, just under. Yes. Yeah, um, like, yeah, what's been like your highlight of, of, of that sort of period? Um, 
I really, I really enjoyed the pre-season trip, to be honest, from a, from a selfish point of view. Getting to go to Portugal, sit in the sun, watch the football. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, it was good fun. And, and meeting the fans as well over there was fun. I didn't know the fans that well um, at the end of last season. Going over there, meeting the fans out in the sun on the beach and and just seeing the team get on against Hull uh, in different surroundings. That was good fun. Um, no, it's been, it's been a good year. It's just a shame that the, the season itself hasn't been more entertaining. Um, but I will still be, you know... They're fan. I don't know if I'm a fan yet, but I'm, I'm fond of the club and the fans. Look so. out you. You support. I support Exeter City. There we are. Yeah, I've so, you on our last yeah, podcast. Yeah, exactly. I think I, I've said that to fans before. But they could be playing each other next season. Exactly. We'll so next happens. to come up, I'll be on the away terrace, and then for every other game, I'll be on the home <laughs> terrace. So no, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. But it's um, no, it's been good fun. It's just uh, a bit of a shame. It's a bit of a mid-table season, but yeah. fingers crossed for next season. I can go and watch as a fan and see them. Uh, get a bit of success well I also won't be on this podcast either next season which is sad so if you want to tweet us and stay in touch I'm at Michelle Owen 7 and you are just at Jack Bissells so you've got a unique name yeah there's there's not not many of us (laughs) Uh, Jack all the best for the future and uh, thank you so much for listening to us this season and enjoy your summer football will be back before you know it thanks for listening Gassing Out Loud 